You're listening to Pixels in Flesh, an Anderson Dexter novel, written and read by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information, visit darusha.ca. Chapter 12 Dex walked to a nearby park and found a shady spot under a tree. He paged over to the local squad's board and ran a search for cases similar to the break-in at the Techloid shop. There were about a dozen matches from the past month. Nothing of significant value stolen, but property and time lost. On a hunch, Dex had his system run a background check on the establishments that had been hit, looking for patterns among their staff, locations, inventories, anything that might mark a connection. While he waited for the results, he paged over to his local file and reviewed his visit to the disc block for sale. He'd had several follow-up messages from the sales agency, which he'd been studiously ignoring. He really ought to set up a filter to automatically shunt them to his oubliette, but then he wondered if now that he was on their radar, there was a way to use that to his advantage. He opened the latest message and composed a quick reply. Thanks for taking the time to show me this disc block. Before I make a decision, I'd like to see if there is anything similar that might be available. I'm interested in a single block, privately traded. Please provide me with a list of suitable properties at your earliest convenience. He sent it off, hoping that it was tempting enough for the agency to do the hunting for him. Surely S. Wu wasn't the only one of Nightingale's beneficiaries trying to sell their block. And Dex felt like if he could get eyes on a few more of them, he might be able to start seeing something of a pattern. Or, at least, it might shake loose a new idea. He was fresh out at the moment. As he refocused on his surroundings, he noticed a woman selling drinks from a small cart set up next to the Econoline vending machine. Dex didn't share René Biagini's love for artisanal food, but something made him veer toward the cart. What have you got? She smiled a salesperson's grin at him and launched into a well-practiced patter. I make several home-mixed drinks from real ingredients. Today I have a berry cordial, a mint spritzer, fermented ginger tonic, a... Dex cut her off. You can stop right there. I'll take the ginger, please. Sure thing. She reached into an insulated bin and removed a small polyglass bottle. She named a price, which was triple what Dex would have paid for a drink from the machine, but he just nodded and passed his hand over the chip reader. His implant registered with a quiet bleep, and the transfer was done. He popped the top off the tonic and took a sip. This is good, he said. I have a neighbor who brews ginger beer sometimes, but this is different. Very nice. Thank you, she beamed, a real full smile that reached her eyes rather than her sales face. I'm quite proud of this recipe. Dex took another sip. So, how did you get into this? It can't be easy standing out here all day hoping for a sale. She shrugged. It's not, but I didn't have a lot of choice. I worked for a firm that did high-end real food service. That's where I learned to do this. But about six months ago, they were bought out by a Econoline. She jerked her head toward the vending machine. We were told that we would be folded in as a sub-brand, and everything went on as normal for a few weeks. But then the product lines got cut, staff were let go, and about a month ago they finally shut the whole unit down. Insufficient market share, we were told, but I don't think they ever intended to keep it going. It was one of those acquire-to-destroy moves. That's terrible, Dex said. She nodded. I was lucky. All of us who were based in Nice managed a lot better than some of the staff in other areas. At least here we have a street life. There's actually people around I can sell my goods to. 
So many places, people just train into work, train home again, and spend all their off time in M-City or Sims. I don't know what the people in those places did for work. Surely they could get another job at a different firm. Probably not. It's specialty work, and there isn't much turnover. As it is, there isn't enough for me, she gestured at her cart, and I had to get a half-time entry-level office job for the Bennies. Customer service rep, she wrinkled her nose. Been there, Dex said. Hopefully this will pick up enough to be full-time for you. That's the dream, she said, but I don't see a long line of customers waiting behind you. Dex looked around at the mostly empty park and nodded. Well, here's hoping. He lifted his half-empty bottle toward her in a toast and set off toward La Liberté. He hadn't heard a story like hers before, but he wondered how common it was, how common it was becoming. He passed a woman walking toward him in a Gractor uniform, entry-level by the looks of it. He didn't think anything of it until he heard her yell, Get a real job! He turned to see her striding off past the woman with the drinks cart, whose face was red even though she carried on as if nothing had happened. Dex flashed her a smile, wondering how often that happened. It was hard enough trying to make a go of a new business on your own without dealing with abuse. What was wrong with some people? Dex was entering the courtyard of La Liberté when his system pinged with a message from the virtual property sales agency. They had two similar disc blocks available to view at his earliest convenience. No time like the present, he thought. He pinged Annabelle to let her know that he was on his way back to the apartment, and quickly received a message-free ACK response. That was good. She was busy. He spiraled up the lift to their floor, and tried to be as unobtrusive as possible entering the apartment. Even though he'd warned Annabelle, he knew that it was easy to be startled by unexpected noises in the physical world when you were focused on something online. He tiptoed around Annabelle, who was glassy-eyed at the table, and grabbed a food brick and bottle of water before settling into the closet office. He set up appointments with the sales office, which was happy to show him the other two properties immediately. One of the many advantages of using bots. They were always available at short notice. Dex linked into the first site in the Kansai district. He recognized it as one he'd passed several times on his way to or from the M-City squad offices. It was hardly distinguishable from the block he'd seen in Keyside. The shops were the same, only different. Where the Keyside block had avatar customization shops, here there were a pair of cafes. The large space here was an art gallery, the office building was shinier, and the sex spots were bespoke models for rent rather than sale. But all in all, it was almost like the two disc blocks had been carved from a mold. Was that even a thing? He'd have to ask Annabelle later. He looked around and made the right noises to the sales bot sales pitch, then linked over to the other site. Again, the look and feel of the external res matched the neighborhood, but the underlying configuration of the block was the same as the other two. He went through the motions with the sales bot, then made his excuses and linked over to his own office. Dex had taken snapshots of the facades and interior spaces he'd viewed, and looked them over briefly to see if he could spot a pattern. Other than the obvious similarity between all three blocks, there was nothing that jumped out at him. He linked down to street level and walked quickly up the road, paying attention to the configuration of the various blocks. They were all somewhat different. Chandler's had the feel of an urban space that had evolved on its own rather than being planned and managed, but Dex noticed several blocks that fundamentally matched the same configuration pattern. Was it just that there was a default M-City block, a pre-configured disk image that was the simplest format to install? 
Or was there another connection, one that Dex couldn't see? He linked back to his office and compiled his notes and files on the disk blocks for sale, then set up a search on his system to look for links. He could do it himself, of course, but he had learned that machines were good for some things, better than people, even himself. He didn't mind outsourcing some of the drudge work, especially when it was a long shot like this. There wasn't anything else he could think to do on this case, so he checked on the results from his search on the local cases of burglary and vandalism. Dex's system search had turned up a virtual folder stuffed with data. This was the downside to automation. A machine doesn't quite know what is a useful correlation and what isn't. But it was a place to start. There were no obvious signs of a pattern. The locations that had been hit were scattered all throughout the region. Dex guessed that the only reason the list ended at the local boundary was because, beyond that, the squad simply didn't know about them. They were all minor events, low value but high annoyance. The Techloid shop Dex had visited was typical. In fact, it was notable that at none of the events in the list had anything of significant value been taken. More damage was done than items were stolen in all of the incidents. It bothered him. Sure, there were plenty of people who enjoyed a bit of pointless violence, who just wanted to feel the rush of seeing shit break. But there had to be more people who were desperate for a meal or a fresh one-piece, who'd be motivated to take something valuable than simply trash the joint. They'd all been working on the assumption that this was the work of street lowlifes. The break-ins all had those earmarks. But then why not line their pockets while they were at it? Dex flipped through the analysis to see if there were any interesting patterns, but it all felt random. Then something in Appendix C caught his eye. It was a listing of the security departments that had gotten involved at some point in the process. Mostly, they had been notified as part of the business's standard procedure, but only one had actually sent anyone out to investigate. That had been a two-person team from Empire, the Umbrella Corporation which owned the Quickstop brand of shops. Dex flipped over to their report, such as it was. They'd spent ten minutes sifting through the mess at a smash-and-grab that was ten times more smash than grab. He checked the details on the incident. It was a quick-stop outlet in a commercial zone near the airport. And it was one of the first to be reported. He went back to the appendix and looked at the list of security departments notified. There were the names of several firms, but Dex recognized a few as subsidiaries of Empire. He plugged all the names into his system and drummed his fingertips on the discarded wood of his desk as he waited. He shook his head in disbelief. Almost all the security teams named were arms of either Empire or Techloid. A quick search on the names of each of the businesses targeted confirmed it. Aside from three outliers, which didn't entirely match the rest of the cases in other ways, every business that had been hit was ultimately under the umbrella of either Techloid or Empire. Apparently, someone really was on a mission to disrupt the two biggest corporations supplying consumables to the entire world. Well, Dex thought, leaning back in his chair and planting his big black wingtips on the desk. At least I can't fault them for setting their sights too low. You've been listening to Pixels in Flesh by M. Darusha Wayne. For more information about this and the other Anderson Dexter books, visit darusha.ca. Thanks for listening.